Hello, all Burdenside listeners. Here's the audio from our newest YouTube episode. If you enjoy the episode or the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, the brand new TrendingTopicsNetwork.com, or many of the other listening avenues for this podcast. We also kindly ask you to rate, review, subscribe, and leave comments to wherever you are getting this wonderful sound. Please enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to All Beer Inside, or as I've been saying, maybe not so much All Beer Inside. Today we have traveled to the Magog region of Quebec in the eastern townships, and joining me is JD of Le, Le Vignoble, Le Cep d'Argent. That's right. Perfect. <laughs> Bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> Thank you very much for hosting us today. We appreciate anybody taking time out of their schedule to speak with us about their business and uh, everything that's involved in the craft beverage industry and supporting local in your province of Quebec. Well, it's our pleasure. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Uh, so JD, what is your role with Sept d'Argent? Well, uh, basically I'm the customer service coordinator. Uh, I am also in charge of all that is agro-tourism, uh, like uh, groups, like uh, the activities that we have, uh, tours, tastings, and everything, sabrings, whatever. Awesome. <laughs> and how long have you been in the wine industry now? Well, I've been uh, at the vineyard for nine years now. And for what you know, what is the history of Le Cep d'Argent? Well, basically is that um, there was a, it begins with a love story, actually. So there's, there was a girl from Sherbrooke who uh, had a, a program with uh, Quebec France, and she went to the vineyard in Etage France in Champagne. And she uh, did the harvesting, fell in love with uh, one of the friends of uh, Francois, one of the owners. Where the, the, the name of the, the guy is Alain Bayon. And this guy, well, they fell in love. They moved to Sherbrooke. And Alain had a dream of uh, having his own vineyard. Things get, got around and he, uh, he, uh, he made some uh, contacts with a group of, uh, of doctors, four doctors in Sherbrooke. And he contacted afterwards Francois to come uh, in, in Quebec. And that's the way we they began they began the the, the project yeah. of the vineyard. And you're also one of the oldest in Quebec. Yeah, we're the right now we're the third oldest vineyard in Quebec. Uh, we were the sixth one, but uh, three others. Well, they had to forego their their activities. So we're the third oldest in Quebec. There are two others uh, before us that planted their vines in 1982, and we planted our vines in 1985. Wow! But it's quite young for a wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. I mean, you know, you have thousands of years of wine being made yeah, overseas. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so Canada is still a very new country when you think about it. You're only, I think, 400 years old as a country. Yes, it is. So yeah. It's still uh, very new. And Quebec's, I know Montreal has been 355 years we hit this year. Yeah. So it's... Quebec was it's, uh, founded in 1608. Yeah. So it's been, it's been, it's still young when you think about it, as yeah. you mentioned, because thousands of years in Europe versus... It's very different. 400 so years brand new so. for us. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Uh, you brought me out. What is yeah. your sparkling wine to try? Yes, it is. Let's, let's talk about Actually, this. this one I would call the flagship wine of the vineyard. This okay. is called Sélection Blanc de Blanc. Uh, as I said maybe before, our owners are from Champagne, François mm-hmm. and Jean-Paul Sillard. They come from a little village in Etoche, Champagne, France, and they still have their family vineyard. It's the older brother, Michel, who manages the vineyard in Etoche. And if you don't know a bit about geography from Champagne, Etoche is located about 18 kilometers south of Epernay. Epernay is the capital of the wine Champagne. Okay. So if you know Veuve Clicquot, Dom Perignon, Moitié Chandon, that's Epernay. Yeah, the, the big boys. Of yeah, Champagne. exactly. <laughs> And actually, uh, they still make their, their, their champagne at the family vineyard. That's why uh, when they came uh, in Quebec, when they saw this land, mm-hmm. uh, right away they thought of making sparkling wine. Amazing. As we do. A toast. Light, effervescent, 
So this is made only of one grape, which is Seval Blanc. That's wow. S-E-Y-V-A-L. Okay. And um, Seval Blanc is the grape that was used during the phylloxera crisis in Champagne in the late 19th century to the beginning of the 20th century. Mm -hmm. Because uh, phylloxera is a small insect that would attack the rooting system of the vines. And uh, it was a global crisis. Yeah. And yeah. during that time in Champagne, they used Seval Blanc to make Champagne. Okay. So when François and Jean-Paul came to Quebec and saw that it was possible to them, for them to have Seval Blanc, well, right away they planted it. And it, well, Seval Blanc here is, of course, adapted to our climate. Yeah, I'm sure the vines too and, and the climate we have, it's like, okay, we have to basically create almost like a hybrid yeah, exactly. We have only have hybrid grapes, mm -hmm. which have a shorter growth cycle, but are also able to endure the, endure the Quebec winter. Yeah. And we winters we definitely get in Quebec. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> so, exactly. So, I mean, speaking of this, you know, Le Sept d'Argent is sparkling wine, first sparkling wine of Quebec, more or less, from what I yeah, understand. Yeah, well, it's the, we're the first vineyard who made sparkling wine using the traditional way. Okay, of yeah. Champagne. Of Champagne, okay. yeah. And that's where... But we're not allowed can, to say really champagne. Yeah. You know, there's... They're yeah. kind of... Uh, <laughs> no, I've read that. Like, for that so. It's so weird, like... Because I guess it's um, like a copyright or a trademark. Yeah, like a copyright. We call that an AOC, Appellation d'Origine Contrôlée. And you're not allowed to add uh, have the word champagne yeah. on your bottle or méthode champenoise. So we say traditional method. I think it's the same thing with bourbon in the U.S. It can only be made in a certain state and then... It's Probably, to be, yeah. like aged somewhere. Yeah. It's... Booze laws are crazy. <laughs> it's it's insane. You know, in Canada, unfortunately, it's it's harder for us to to export our alcohol to other provinces than it is to the U.S. It's it's pretty well, yeah, crazy. It's, it's very different. And there, you know, that there was a, an old law dating back to 1921, the prohibi yeah, prohibition. Prohib prohibition. So right now, we're still not allowed to sell from province to province. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, we need to fix that. Needs to get fixed. We need a prime minister who likes al uh, craft alcohol. <laughs> well, he's it. I know he's trying to uh, change the law, but so far no success. Yeah. Now you mentioned this was created by two gentlemen from France, yeah. and there's additionally a four Quebecois gentlemen who also came in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so, how did that? How did they even meet and combine and to create the Septuagint? Like, just I, I think that they had the met. same dream as the this gentleman Alain Bayon had, mm -hmm. and uh, they were looking for a a land, but as you know, when you choose, you have to uh, find a land for uh, for a vineyard. You, uh, mm -hmm. It's a special kind of soil. Okay, the terroir. Uh, I don't know if you speak of terroir, but yeah. terroir is the notion yeah. of not not only the microclimate but also the soil. Yes. So they had to uh, find a soil that was um, adapted to making uh, to uh, viticulture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, when they choose this site, there was nothing there maybe cows going around, uh, but uh, this soil is composed of, um, of clay, of sand and limestone. Mm -hmm. So the clay will give the acidity to the grape, the sand will uh, uh, be used for the drainage, as you can see the, the land is yep. uh, yeah, your, your slope going downwards, and the limestone is uh, for the fruitiness of the grape. So they, they, make some, they made some studies and the group of, uh, the, the group of doctors didn't say too, much, too long too much for the, the, the project uh, before, uh, afterwards, uh, they uh, just um, leave the, 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 the whole uh, vineyard to the brothers. And yeah, uh, yeah it wasn't a short time. <laughs> it was a short time for the, the doctors. It's pretty wild too, like the, being in, in medical and the science of medical and then coming to the science of creating yeah, alcohol, yeah. it's, 
it's such a different thing, but it's still science altogether. When you yeah, think exactly, about it, so. exactly. So they uh, they had uh, they had that dream of having a vineyard, but you would have in 1985 you would have to be crazy to make <laughs> a vineyard because uh, um, we right now we have about 160 days to grow grapes. Okay. But when they came in 1985, I think it was about 145. Yeah. So if you're wondering about climate change, you know, we know <laughs> that it's, it's there. Climate yeah, change is yeah. there. Yeah. And you also, it's, it shows on your website that you are in like a, a microclimate. Yeah, with, exactly. With land here. And yeah. it seems you're almost inside a valley as well. Yeah, well, just... there are three elements in the microclimate. Okay. First of all, there's a little late Magog mm -hmm. just in front of you, uh, which um, uh, the, the, the late Magog, we have also the forest which is located north northwest. The orientation mm -hmm. is north northwest. And we have the mountain, Mount Offord. So Little Lake Magog gets really, really warm during the summertime. Mm -hmm. And this will bring some odd breezes into the vines to help accelerate the growth process of the grapes. Uh, the, the forest, since it's oriented north northwest, will block all the cold winds from coming in. And Mount Offord, well, today doesn't do his job too well. It's supposed <laughs> to disperse the clouds. Yeah. Because what we need is, is the sun. The more sun we have, the sweeter are going to be yeah. the grapes. And the sweeter are going to be the grapes, the more alcohol there's going to be in the wine. Doesn't help with all the forest fires happening. No, that doesn't, so. doesn't help at all. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's been uh, an interesting summer so far. Like, we had a super hot May and then a cold June. Yeah. Now July is not starting off And it varies either. from year to year. So the wine will change depending on uh, the kind of year that we're having. Mm -hmm. And how big is, is your team with Seth from the winemakers? Not that big. Okay. <laughs> not that big. Uh, for production, I would say they have about six, seven people. And for administration and the things we organize, mm -hmm. we're about four or five. So it's not that much. It's only 10 to 12 people from the sound of it. I uh, guess uh, Again, there's a for... shortage of employees, yeah. or we're still looking. Yeah, there's a worldwide shortage of <laughs> yeah, employees exactly. for almost everything. So it's, it's pretty wild. And, you, you know, you guys kept going during the pandemic. From what I can see on the website, you're, thri you're at least thriving a little bit. Yeah, we, so. were, we were exceptionally very popular during the pandemic. Mm. Uh, the first few months, uh, we didn't, uh, didn't have the permission to have some tastings. Yeah. But as soon as we started tasting, my God, we were having so many people. Just line up yeah. six feet away. <laughs> and you have a huge space to work yes, with. Yes, exactly. So, so we, uh, that's why we use our biggest room to, uh, to do the tasting with social distancing and everything. Mm -hmm. But it was a real success. And then speaking of that, what kind of events do you guys generally host outside the touring options? What other uh, events basically do you do? off season we do some corporate events. Okay. So we have uh, and we have maybe some anniversaries, but we don't do any weddings anymore. Okay. So uh, weddings are always on Saturdays, so it's not good for business on Saturdays. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Plus, it's exhausting, and yes, you have to is. bring an extra staff. Exactly. You have to bring in a kitchen, exactly. and, and uh, again, the lack of employees. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. wild. I I but, don't understand how the wedding industry anybody survived with that <laughs> with what happened two years of just no weddings it's very so, difficult yes it's and then you have the touring options i've seen yeah, you do exactly. the black glass sense sensory yeah. well that is in our new uh brand new uh tour gu uh, guided okay. tour which is uh, the tasting with the sommelier actually it's an introduction to the um, the, the, um, the sommelier uh, title where mm -hmm. he, he, uh, he tells them how he does things and they have the tastings and they taste a wine with a, a black glass yeah. uh, and it's very different because they, they cannot see the wine, they can only smell it and curiously when they try to smell it uh, because of the color it gives them a different perception so mm -hmm. it, it's, uh, it's kind of difficult to 
perceive a wine when the the glass wine is uh, all black. I mean, all this is connected, yeah, right? Exactly, so it's, exactly. It's, our our senses are, are troubled if we cannot see the yeah. product. Yeah. Has anybody gotten their sommelier on staff? Uh, we have only one. Okay. Okay. So uh, he does a tour uh, almost every day, uh, and it's with. Um, uh, he, he, uh, he has a tastings of about, uh, he has five tastings, okay. but in different ways. So what we will do is we will start with uh, the white wine. He will show them how to taste the wine like a sommelier would do it, all mm -hmm. the steps in wine tastings. Then he will compare this wine, which you're drinking right yep. now, the Blanc de Blanc, with the champagne that comes from the family in Champagne. Okay. So basically when we're comparing uh, the, the same product, sparkling wine, one in Champagne, one in Quebec, made by the same family, different terroir, different, uh, different uh, microclimate, so, and different grapes, of course, because I don't know if you know this, but uh, in Champagne, uh, there are only three grapes that are allowed, so mm -hmm. Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, and Pinot Meunier. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, it really kind of narrows down what they're allowed to grow. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. And the grape varieties you have in your vineyard, what, what is that? Well, we have uh, actually in our principal side, because we have other sites as well. Mm -hmm. So in our principal sites, we have two white grapes. We have, of course, Ceval Blanc. And we have Vidal, which is the grape that we use for late harvest and ice wine. And we have four other grapes, which you might not know. They're all hybrid. Okay. <laughs> so Frontenac Noir, Sainte-Croix, Maréchal Foch, and Ceval Noir. And also in Sainte-Catherine-de-Atelier, about 10 minutes from here, we grow uh, Bacco Noir. Okay. Which is a grape that originates if you went to the Niagara Valley, you have Bacco Noir there. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've only done beer in the Niagara Valley, but yeah. I know the Niagara Valley is, there's a lot it's of It's a vineyards. huge wine it's country, crazy. yeah. And uh, I can only assume people traveling over from the U.S. side and like back and forth with, with the the wine game, like people who want to do wine tours for them, Niagara Falls. Oh yeah, is just Niagara like, Falls oh. is the place, of course. <laughs> so, yeah. Niagara on the lake, there yeah, are the so many vineyards. The region's huge. I mean, even Wayne Gretzky has a vineyard. Yeah, in, exactly. In, yeah. <laughs> Niagara Falls. Well, vineyard, distillery, and brewery now. So. And they have also the actor Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was in uh, the Maritimes for the Crystal Skull Vodka. Uh, no, uh, um, well, there is that, okay. and he has also his vineyard in Niagara. Uh, yeah, must be nice being rich and famous. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so if I were to translate as an anglophone, le cep d'argent, what does that translate to? So cep is the foot of the vine, mm -hmm. and argent is really romantic. It's the silvery color on Little Lake Magog. Okay, so silver foot vine. Yeah, sense. exactly. That's, that's about it. Yeah. And, and that was, how did they create that name? They, I guess they saw the They, they saw the lake, lake of and... course, which they needed for their microclimate. Mm -hmm. And of course, Sep is the base of the, of okay. the vineyard. So. Nice, simple way yeah, to create it. Yeah, very name. simple. There's, there's no complication for it. So it's not like just Magog Vineyard or anything Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. So, amazing. Um, also, I forgot to mention during the touring, you guys do sabering. Yeah, we do sabering, but there's a special activities, the, um, mostly for couples, I would say. Mm -hmm. But maybe we have so many bachelorette parties. Oh, my God. Uh, we have about 40 bachelorettes a year. So wow. they come and they saber uh, a bottle or maybe two bottles. And then afterwards, they do a tasting. So uh, when we uh, reserve for sabering, uh, we reserve a special hour and they, they come at the vineyard and we prepare, prepare the sabering for them and we go with them and teach them how to saber a bottle because you need to know the, spe the specific way how to saber because mm -hmm. if you do something else, it would be a catastrophe. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we teach them, we teach them sabering 101. Then 
most of the time it's the lady who does it <laughs> and she has bigger success than the man <laughs> and when uh, as soon as she sabers well we leave them at their uh, at their bottle and they can taste it to the vines yeah it's really romantic we had so many wedding proposals there with That's sabering cool. yeah very cool That's great yeah i know i would totally cut off a thumb if, if i were to do it without <laughs> training without yourself or one of your staff being like no this is how you do it without cutting off a you, finger you need to know I'm how probably... to do it there's a specific way yeah. to do it yeah yeah, it's just you watch the videos online and people try and then it's yeah. just the bottles all over the ground and you're like, oh, such a waste. Uh, what are some of your other touring options that don't involve the Sevrage, the Glass Sense? You know, yeah, like uh, well, we have also a, a tour is, which is called the um, uh, Bubbles Wine and Champagne Tour mm -hmm. uh, in which we go into the vines and we uh, tell them about the, the, the grapes, the microclimate, the story of the vineyard. Uh, the beginning of the, uh, the, the winemaking process. Afterwards, we go into the champagne cellar. We tell them how to make the sparkling wine because it's our specialty, mm -hmm. of course. And finally, we have a tastings of, tasting of five products. And again, we taste the Blanc de Blanc and the champagne to compare. Yeah. So uh, it's a very popular tour. Very and we have th that's for maybe, for maybe for the individuals who would, uh, would reserve for a special tour. There's also a specific hour every day for that. Okay. And, but for groups, uh, we have two tours. We have the Discovery Tour, which is a basic tour that takes about an hour. But uh, in that tour, we tell them how to make the white wine. Okay. How we make the white wine. Uh, and we have the VIP Sabering Tour. The VIP Sabering Tour, uh, when we're done with the uh, winemaking process and everything, there's going to be a person in the group who will do a Sabering. And again, okay. I will teach them how to do it. And it's very spectacular because everyone's taking pictures yeah. and yeah. videos and everything. I mean, with now with social media, that's, that's something that you have to promote is to get that social media image of that perfect, like, oh, yes. coming <laughs> out. And like everybody's TikTok and Instagram and Reels, it's just... That I must just be like such a great focus to have people see that and be like, I have to do that. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. You clearly have a very large parking lot yeah. for oh, lots yeah. of cars oh, yeah. and this huge terrace, uh, giant inside. So you, you have the space to use and to have people do doing tours. And yes, like we said, do. And maybe we you just could hire need, a few more we people. We just need one, one more thing. People, of course, employees <laughs> yeah. and the weather. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming production's changed a lot over the years too from the old school, just people stomping on the grape and oh yeah, we don't do that anymore. To... So so what's how has production changed over the years to really push the product? Uh, out? Mostly uh, with sparkling wine making, we're very traditional mm -hmm. since we use a traditional way. Uh, I would say we're almost handcrafted. Handcrafted, the wine is handcrafted. Okay. Uh, it's kind of very different from the regular wines that we're making. Mm -hmm. So using the equipment, but of course we modernize our equipment. Uh, we use a, now for, the, for pressing the grapes, we use a pneumatic press, hydraulic press okay. in stainless steel, which is much more performant. And for uh, the, the corking and everything, uh, for the sparkling wine, we use new machine. We used to have the, the old machine dating back from over 100 years yeah. until five years ago. Okay. So we just became a bit mechanic, but still one <laughs> bottle at a time. Yeah. But for the, um, the regular bottles, like the white wine, the red wine, we use a, um, we, uh, we rent a unit from Montreal. It's a big truck that comes at the vineyard and we rent it for about three, four days. Mm -hmm. And it's all our employees that uh, use the equipment and we can do as much as 2,000 to 4,000 bottles an hour. So yeah. it goes very fast. I was completely unaware of, of wine also having that. I know in the beer industry, there are 
uh, rental canning units yeah. and stuff like that. I, I had no idea that, I guess, the same kind of companies like, oh, we could do wine. We could probably do distilleries as well. And it's, it's better to do that because we would need so much more space. Yeah. Because yeah. I saw the video of the wine being bottled. I had no idea that's basically in a big, large truck. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty wild. I, it's very interesting to, to find out that that's an option for you. Yeah. And I'm assuming in the end, since you don't have the space, it's somewhat more cost effective to have oh, that. Probably, person. yes, sure. So that's amazing. And after people are off the tours, what are the most popular things people are buying at, at your line? Well, I would say, of course, the sparkling wine, since mm -hmm. our tours are most, mostly emphasizing on sparkling wine. But also the white wine. There's also wine that we're not showing right here, which is called Fleur de Lys. Okay. Uh, when we have the tastings with the black glass, mm -hmm. this is the wine that they taste. Okay. And it's kind of special because it doesn't smell as it tastes. Interesting. And curiously, uh, some people will smell fruits, some people will smell herbs, flowers, and they all, we have all sorts of answers for the, mm. the, the aromas of, the, of this wine, but this taste is so good that um, it's our biggest seller during the summer season. And cool. we have a, also a, a port wine with maple syrup in it, which is kind of popular also. The ice wine, well, it's not, it's a, it's not a big ticket, but it's really, um, it's really part of winemaking in Quebec. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because of the weather, because of the climate. I don't know if you're familiar with how we make ice wine in Quebec. To my understanding, it's the grapes are partially get frozen. Oh, not partially. Okay, fully frozen. <laughs> not fully frozen. <laughs> okay. So the, the thing is that... Um, for the late harvest and the ice wine, we use the same grape, which is Vidal. Vidal is a special grape, mm -hmm. as a thicker peel, much more resistant to the frost. So for late harvest, we will pick the grapes in mid-November. It may be a month after the regular harvest. So, and we have three, uh, to wait three consecutive days below zero. So that would be 30 Fahrenheit about for you guys. Oh, uh, well, I'm, I'm from Montreal. So. Okay, you're, you're in Celsius, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I'm okay. So. <laughs> so you're in Celsius, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, as soon as we pick the grapes for late harvest, mm -hmm. we will leave the other grapes, the Vidal, um, outside, okay? okay? And we will put fences around the, gra the, the, the vines, yeah. and we will put a big net over it, okay? Because we will pick the grapes for ice wine in December and January. We have to wait three consecutive days below minus eight Celsius okay. to pick the grapes so that they're very frozen, very fro yeah. okay? And we pick the grapes at, at night and we press them at night. As you can see, this is a 2011, mm -hmm. okay? So in 2011, when we picked the grapes, it was minus 18 Celsius. We had to wait till the temperature would rise up to minus eight Celsius yeah. to, pick the, to press the grapes. And normally when we press grapes for, let's say a white wine, mm -hmm. it takes about two hours for the whole thing. But for ice wine, just until the juice starts to come out, it's four hours. Yeah. And then all press would take about 18 hours. So it's 24 hours very, very sweet. <laughs> it's almost like maple syrup. Okay. So let's say this is 200 milliliters, mm -hmm. right? So normally a regular bottle of wine would take about 1.1 liter, okay, of grapes. Yeah. But for 1.1, uh, uh, I mean 1.1 kilo of grapes. So, but for ice wine, okay, and it's 200 milliliters, mm -hmm. 1.5 kilos of grapes and they're all frozen. Yeah. So you can imagine. But it's a lower alcohol from what I'm seeing too. It's like I see 9.1 oh, so here, it's and not very, not too much enough. alcohol, but yeah. a lot of sugar. Okay. If you guys are familiar with uh, residual sugar, yep. This one is 1.9 grams per liter. Okay. This is over 230 yeah. grams per liter. I believe liter. in the alcohol industry, it's called the Play-Doh or something like that. It's like 
the level you're trying to get with the amount of residual sugars yeah, exactly in, in the exactly there's also what we call bricks b-r-i-x which is the level of sugar in the grape okay so when we do the harvesting we always have to uh, wait until the level of bricks is high enough so we can pick the grapes and uh, there's our maître de chez, mm -hmm. he's our wine chemist. He will have a special apparel that will um, say uh, what, what level of sugar they have in each grape before, now, before we say, now we're ready to harvest. Mm -hmm. uh, how does pest control work out here? Because I'm seeing well, crows, uh, I'm seeing... What, uh, what I can say about that is uh, <laughs> we work, uh, we're not organic, but we always try to find uh, the uh, nat natural solution okay. before the chemical one. And uh, we call that in, uh, I don't know the word in English, oh. culture raisonnée. Okay. Okay. So um, uh, we have also vineyards, vineyards all over the world. Mm -hmm. They have rose bushes. You can maybe see just behind you, there's a rose bush and we have other rose bushes in the vineyard. Okay. And this is kind of our ecological alarm system. Okay. So if there's a bug, an insect, a caterpillar that will attack the vine, it will attack the rose bush first. Oh, so very cool. owners, they take a good look at that. And if they see an intruder, gives them enough time to find a solution. <laughs> so the last five, year, last five years, our only problem was one insect, which is the Japanese beetle. Okay. Do you know that insect? It's I've, like I've heard it has about a it. copper shell and yeah. everything, but doesn't eat the grapes, eats the leaves of oh. the grapes. Okay. And you don't want that, of course. No. But uh, two years ago, uh, we tried planting some geraniums, mm -hmm. uh, white geraniums, uh, because the, the Japanese beetle is attracted to the geranium, and, but it's deadly for him, okay? Yeah. It didn't work. We didn't plant enough, okay? <laughs> and last year, there was, um, uh, two years ago, there was a parasite fly that came in Montreal, naturally, okay? okay? Uh, and this a par a parasite fly came to this area last year, and it's like a natural predator of the uh, Japanese beetle. Oh, okay. Uh, so the parasite flies uh, comes under the shell of the Japanese beetle, lays some eggs, mm -hmm. and when the eggs hatch, well, they nourish themselves from the Japanese beetle. So nature, nature takes care of yeah, nature. Yeah, nature, nature yeah. works away <laughs> um, I also noticed on the website the Harvest Festival or the Magog Orford Grape Festival. Yeah, what, the what Harvest Festival, La Fête des Vendanges. Okay. It's a big event uh, that goes for two weekends, mm -hmm. Labor Day weekend and uh, the, we the weekend afterwards, so five days of, and uh, from year to year, the average uh, is about maybe 80, 85,000 participants okay. in the five days, so it's huge. Yeah. And we have uh, wine producers from all over Quebec. We have also microbreweries. We have um, cheese makers. Huh. We have uh, micro distilleries. We have uh, cold cuts. We have sausages. We have everything. So it's really about promoting Quebec yeah, and exactly, kind of the Canton exactly. de l'Est, Eastern Territory. It's a really big event. So during the Labor Day weekend, we have a lot of people. Huh. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. Oh no, it's not a bad <laughs> so, thing. <laughs> are you allowed to sell at the festival, or is... yes, of course. Okay. We have a we have our kiosk and everything, mm -hmm. so uh, we can sell and we can, they can taste the products, of course. Are you in the SAQs in Quebec? No, we're not. Okay. Uh, actually, we sell uh, since uh, November 2016, uh, 2016, We were able to sell in grocery stores. Okay. So uh, right now we have, I think, as much as 350. Uh, grocery stores that sell our products in Quebec. The only place we, we cannot go, I don't know why, is Montreal. <laughs> so we're surrounding Montreal, but not in Montreal. <laughs> so just go to the South Shore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go to the IGA, the South yeah. Shore, or whatever. So IGA, Metro, yeah. probably go, yeah. Exactly. 
But that's, I guess, where it comes in is creating the online buying portal and the shipping. Yes, of course, because okay. of the other products. And when did the online buying come in into effect with uh, Septagen? Oh, I would say as much as four years ago. Okay, so just before the pandemic it's started. Quite young. Yeah, just before so the pandemic. So I'm sure that really helped the online yeah, buying. Yeah, really helped yeah. it, yeah. And from what I noticed, you also do shipping deals. If you buy so much, you Yeah, if you buy, let's deal. say you, uh, you buy a case. Yeah. Uh, if you buy 11 bottles, the 12th one is free of charge mm -hmm. and shipping is free of charge. So we encourage people to maybe uh, make a group, yeah. be a group and buy some bottles. Yeah. So it would be less, less expensive for them. As a beer guy, we need that with our, our brasseries in Quebec. Is yeah. There's no shipping, which is very unfortunate, which would <laughs> yeah. make me very happy if I could I ship beer to home. I know because we have beer stores that are also, uh, I don't know if you're in kind of the beer specialty or the beverage specialty stores in Quebec as well. Cause, yeah, yeah uh, the microbrewery yeah. stores, we have actually two or three of them uh, mm -hmm. in Sherbrooke. Okay. And I don't think there's anything in Magog, but in Sherbrooke it's very big. Yeah. Yeah. Have any uh, breweries or distillers in the area tried to maybe grab some uh, empty barrels to like age? Well, they their tried beers to, in? but we're not selling. Okay, okay. <laughs> I did ask my boss, my boss, one time yeah. when I came the first year that I was at the Vineyard Le Seb d'Argent, I asked him, uh, Do you sell your barrels? And I just saw his look on his face <laughs> and, Well, I'm not asking that question again. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, when it comes to supporting each other's and other vineyards, are you guys very helpful? Of yes, very much so. Okay. We're m not in competition, but yeah. in collaboration, okay? Because we're facing such a huge market. Mm -hmm. So Australia, France, yeah. Italy, Germany, whatever, Spain. Uh, it's, a, it's not a competition for us. Yeah. And we make all different wines, so we're not competing. Yeah. So if, let's say something... That, your production facility breaks down, just contact Yeah, we can them. buy oh, some grapes. Yeah, of course, okay. if we have a bad year, we can, yeah. we can buy some That's grapes other, from other vineyards. Yeah. And actually, um, I want to tell you a story. There's about 600 meters from here, there's another vineyard, mm -hmm. which is called Vignoble Chemin de la Rivière. Okay. One of the owners is also working for us. <laughs> He's our wine chemist. Okay. Philippe, yeah. So really now, no competition, collaboration. Yeah. And when he does, because he does sparkling wine, of course, he's also mm -hmm. from Champagne. And when he does one of uh, uh, the bottling, he comes here for the bottling. That's so. great. Uh, so recently, uh, it was brought to my attention that you were in the New York Times uh, article uh, for Le Septuagint. Yeah. So what, what was that about? Yeah, yeah. the thing is that um, every, every January of every year, they have a, a list, 52 places to go mm -hmm. around the world. The only place in Canada was the Eastern Townships, our region. And the picture, actually, the picture of the article was uh, L'Abbaye Saint-Benoît-du-Lac, which is, uh, uh, they are monks there mm -hmm. and they, they make cheese. But they also uh, added our vineyard and with the ice wine as a story as well. So it was almost out of this world. It yeah. was like a dream being on the New York Times. Yeah. So uh, we had a big impact, especially with American clients. Since also since we're about 30 minutes from the border. So yeah. we have a lot of, of people coming from Massachusetts, especially in the Boston area. Yeah, yeah that makes yeah, sense. Especially. So they come, they come to the, the border, and right after the border, of course, we have a sign of our vineyard. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, we're going to go do a tasting. Yeah. And then afterwards, we're going to Montreal, or we're going to, uh, uh, to Quebec City. Yeah. But what we want to do right now is that they come to our vineyard, but they stay here yeah. in the region. Yeah, that's what sure. we want to do. But the New York Times our, our article was very helpful for that. That's yeah, that's a big name. So yeah, and I mean you have Vermont, New Hampshire, and uh, Massachusetts. Yeah, right we have there, Connecticut. So. We have yeah. uh, even New York State. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, well, that's, you know, most, most of Canada is within three hours of the U.S. border. Yes, yes, So Americans course. can yeah. come out here and support us. And, and we have so many people coming out everywhere yeah. around the world, so. And I'm assuming when the border reopened after the pandemic here, oh, yeah, American they, accents yeah, they again, came for sure. Like, yes, yeah. <laughs> finally, Americans are back. I never thought I'd say that. <laughs> uh, well, walking around too, I see each uh, plot kind of has a sign. What, what are those about? Yeah, that's the name of the, the varietal, the, okay. the, the grape. Yeah, so we have Céval Blanc. Okay. So let's say, of course, uh, from here up to the other sites, mm -hmm. it's all Céval Blanc. Okay. About, I, I would say about 55 to 60% of our vineyard here is Céval Blanc mm -hmm. because it's the, our, the grape that we need the most. Yeah. And the red wine is mostly over there. And Vidal, the grape that we use for the ice wine, is way in the back. Yeah. It's, all, it's all arranged in that way. So... The only thing that, the only problem that we have maybe are animals. So we have yeah. foxes, we have deers, we have raccoons, and we have the nastiest creature of them all, the wild turkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's just, I'm in Verdun in Montreal and there's like a wild turkey running around. Yeah. I'm like, we're in the city. What is this happening? And it's so... just not one wild turkey. <laughs> it's a bunch of them. Yeah. We have about 40 wild turkeys every year. I mean, you guys have a huge lot. Do you know what how big this space is alone? I, I don't know for it's sure. It's gigantic. No, no, it's I mean, very, it's very big. I was I was mentioning, I'm like, we need a drone so we could just fly around. <laughs> so we have much. many, <laughs> many buses come, coming from the uh, travel agencies, okay. of course. So. so a lot of buses from Montreal yeah. is doing like a wide yeah, tour. Not only Montreal, but from all over the world. Yeah. And uh, we have, uh, actually, we're meeting travel agencies today. Yeah. And uh, we have a lot of groups, a lot of buses coming this summer. That's very, very good yeah. to hear. I like hearing that. So sounds like you do have quite the, the future coming up, even this well, summer Yeah, alone. the future, of course, is with the agro-tourism, with the, the tourism, with the, the, the winemaking and everything. But um, the, the future uh, is also we need to, I, I don't like to get political, but uh, <laughs> uh, the thing is that we need more, maybe less rigidity in the rules so that we can sell uh, outside of Quebec yeah. <laughs> or maybe uh, maybe able to uh, sell uh, so many much mm -hmm. more other places yeah. as well so it's kind of difficult in that way to me it'd be a nice exchange is like people in BC get Quebec wines but then we get Vancouver wines and yeah we exactly can, exactly we can support Canada that way yeah so. exactly and yeah. since we're all facing the same yeah. The same thing, you know, the same countries and everything. Yeah. So and everything north of us is on fire right now. So we got to support <laughs> what we can in this area for sure. All across Canada, unfortunately, yeah. it's on fire right now. So we need a we need to save as much as we can here. So you guys are in a nice kind of climate area too. It's you got the lake and everything, and I'm sure you get a lot of summer campers who come here and stuff. Oh yes, too, and so. uh, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. of course. Could you see yourselves doing kind of like we? mentioned the agro thing is people setting up tents like hitting yeah we're going to set up a tent right in the in, the, in this uh, the mm -hmm. part of the vineyard so that people and also picnic tables yeah that's the big thing so it's very um romantic yeah. and everything so we have families that come here especially on saturdays and they have their lunch and they go to the picnic tables and they have a drink and they buy a yeah. they buy a, they taste some wine as well so uh it's very not really family oriented but we uh, we uh, we encourage family to come here. Yeah, yeah, kids yeah. and no dogs inside, but dogs are allowed out here. Yeah, so. of course, of course. Even better, of so course, you're yeah. you're pet friendly. Oh so yeah, that's the important part. And then from from just that, the Septuagint itself in Quebec, where do you see the expansion going? 
trying to get into Montreal, maybe? Yeah, to try to get to Montreal, okay. but uh, we try to expand ourselves uh, all over Quebec. Right now, we're not really in the North Shore uh, surrounding, yeah. uh, surrounding, but we're trying to. We're in, in the West Island, we're uh, even in the Outaouais region mm -hmm. nearby Gatineau, and we're in uh, Trois-Rivières in Quebec City. We're trying to get to Saguenay-Lac-Saint-Jean and the other parts of Quebec, but uh, it all takes it takes employees to do that. <laughs> yeah, and, and I guess you just don't want to like hire. Um, uh, a company just to move the booze. No, uh, no, we do don't. Yourself, we don't. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, for sure. What kind of collabs do you do with other places here? Because you can't clearly just. I mean, you do stand it on your yeah. own, but it's nice to have partnerships. What kind of partnerships? Yeah, we have do partnerships. Have? Uh, the, from way back, uh, from way back, we have a partnership with Blue Lavande. Okay. Where they, uh, they, of course, they uh, still lavender field and have yeah. a. Um, uh, multi-sensory exp uh, experience mm -hmm. and we have a package with Blue Lavande so mm -hmm. people they they buy the package they have uh, about an hour activity at Blue Lavande and one hour activity at our place with a tasting of course and we have also a package which includes an hotel which okay. is Hotel Verso and they in the, the package well they can do a tasting at the vineyard they buy the package at the hotel and then they do a tasting at the vineyard so uh, that's one of the collaborations that we have. Right now, we're trying to have also collaborations for uh, occasional events, let's say with a restaurant or mm -hmm. something, to have pairings with our wines. And last year, we uh, used, um, uh, we had a restaurant called Couteau, which uh, makes tartars. Mm -hmm. And Ooh. we had pairings with tartars for about six, seven of our products, and it was a real success. And we're trying to make it again this year, but it's really occasional because we had of, of course, we have to, to have some employees for the from the restaurant to <laughs> yeah, get yeah. here for the, the tasting. The employees is definitely a yeah, major that, thing. Yeah, that's a on. major and, major I mean, thing. Yeah. Up where we are, there's a lot of fromageries too. Do you ever make a, any cheese and wine pairings as well? Or yeah, well, cheese is quite difficult because mm. uh, we will need an employee for the from the cheese factory to come okay. and do the tasting, and we cannot start to cut cheeses uh, <laughs> yeah. during the day for the, the. We don't have enough employee. We would need <laughs> one employee just to cut the cheese. Yeah. <laughs> so. Ah, fantastic. Um, now, when it comes to beer, craft beer, we have the Association Microbrasseur du Québec. Is there a, a wine vineyard equivalent in the province? Yes, we have uh, We have what we call Conseil des Vins du Québec. Okay. And it's an association of uh, almost all of the winemakers in Quebec. So okay. uh, they have meetings and everything. And they have uh, also, they have um, what we call an IGP, Indication Géographique Protégée. Uh, special rules mm -hmm. that if we want uh, have the name wine from Quebec, okay. uh, we have to uh, abide about uh, uh, with mm -hmm. this these rules to make uh, so uh, one hundred percent of the grape must come from Quebec. Okay, and we have very specific rules for that. Uh, w when we did our last vineyard in America, there was signs saying Adirondack Wine Trail. Is there something like that in Magog? Well, the, in, um, or the Eastern Right Township now, wine we trail? don't have some in the Memphis Magog area. Okay. Uh, they have some in Bromissisquoi, mm -hmm. la, la Route des Vins Bromissisquoi. But for us, we don't have that many vineyards okay. in the area. So. Yeah. Well, there's you. The yeah, there's, there's the you street. in the other place, and we have also a vineyard in Magog in Offord. Okay. And one also in Sherbrooke. And there's a winery that makes only sparkling wine in North Athley. But okay. it's not that big and there are smaller vineyards mm -hmm. and some of them don't have any activities uh, other than yeah, selling yeah. wines and tasting wine. Yeah. So. And is there, 
So for beer, we have the Festival de Bière de Laval de Montréal. Is there a wine equivalent in Quebec? So uh, La Fête des Vendanges, okay. uh, the Harvest Festival. Okay. Uh, there, there are other events in Montreal, but the real one uh, event that uh, attracts wine uh, winemakers from Quebec is, the, is La Fête des Vendanges. The, okay. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. JD, thank you very much for speaking with us today. I appreciate anybody who's willing to speak about their passion. Clearly, yeah. you're very passionate about this place, and that's what's important. Uh, for those who are looking for Le Cep d'Argent, where can people find you? Yeah, at our, on our website, of course, at www.cepdargent.com. And uh, phone number is 819-864-4441. Okay. Uh, and we also have a Facebook page, an Instagram page. Uh, we have a LinkedIn page. So we're very... Uh, we're very proactive in social <laughs> <Good>. media. Uh, and <laughs> I'm looking at someone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and for those who are looking for the physical address, where are you physically yeah, located? It's 1257 Chemin de la Rivière in Magog. We're about 10 minutes from downtown Magog. Amazing. Perfect. All that's going to be in the show notes. As for us, allbeerinside.com is the website. At allbeerinside on all social media. As I say at the end of all episodes, drink craft, not crap.